The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Raising teens alone can be brutal. It becomes easier when you are co-parenting with the universe. Welcome to Co-Parenting with the Universe. This is Muriel Felous, your host. And today I have an episode that I'm really excited about because, as usual, it really ties with what I'm living um, lately, what is active in my life. The universe is always showing me what I need to talk about to help you to help us moms in general. Before I go into that, um, I hope that you listened to last week's episode about manifesting for your teen because that is complementary to what I explained last week, which was how is the effective way to manifest knowing, considering that we cannot control anyone else and it's it wouldn't be even ethical to really control someone else's life or have that much influence on them but there are still ways that said let's say that you were able to really spot what you want to manifest for your teen um, the area that you really need to focus on There is another factor at play here. Even though we consciously make efforts to go towards a desire or a goal or a becoming, if our unconscious programs and our unconscious allegiances are in conflict with what we're trying to manifest, this won't work. And for the anecdote, let me tell you what I did yesterday. So I'm growing my business, my practice as usual, and I really am doing daily affirmations, daily tapping, etc. And even though I am more in touch with the emotion side of affirmations, because as you know, when you do affirmations at the beginning, especially at the beginning, You may not believe them completely, but as much as you repeat, as much as you tap on what is in the way, as much as you become that person, you start feeling them. You start really being that person. I visualize different aspects of the life I really want to live, uh, my ideal life, with a lot of feelings. And it takes only a few minutes a day. I'm like, um, you know, a screenwriter. I write scenes, 
in details with the colors, the smell, the time of the day, the what I'm feeling, what they're feeling, every everything in detail. And I put them in a book, a notebook, because some days we have more imagination than others. And I really want to be aligned with what I want in my meditation, in my visualization, rather than what I think is possible or what obstacle could come. So I'm really focused on all the details to really take the scene in. So yesterday, I was curious about my unconscious, about my subconscious mind. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what I really, really believe under the surface. So what I did is I did some muscle testing. I wrote down my affirmations and what I want to be living and what I want to achieve, etc., etc. I wrote down my affirmations about what I believe I deserve, what I believe I'm worthy of. Like I would practice an affirmation, I am worthy of being extremely successful as a coach. And things like this, I am capable of healing my body and mainly my heart, because as you know, I have um, a condition with my heart. And I said, okay, let's see what I really believe about that. And to my very big, I wouldn't say disappointment, but unpleasant surprise, I had probably 20 affirmations, only one of them rang true and not even a big, big, big true, but somewhat true. And that, that was, I love myself. All the rest, my body showed me my unconscious mind and showed me that I don't really believe it yet. So let me tell you, there is a lot of tapping under the horizon for me with very specific targets and specific affirmations to see what's under the surface, what is the event, the memory, the, the past conditioning when it happened and to tap it in detail with all the aspects of it. That's why um, I, I know I will get down to the bottom of that because with tapping... Uh, you rewire your brain. I see it every day. I tap with people every day. I see symptoms appearing and disappearing in the body when we talk about something, stuff that people think they have dealt with in the past. It even happens to me because, of course, I am a coach. I'm getting coached. I tap with people. I tap with practitioners. And Stuff that I thought I had dealt with, especially an event when I was three years old and my parents were fighting, I was like, okay, I tapped on that. When I was alone, I tapped on that, on that emotional charge. To my surprise, the last time I tapped with my practitioner, stuff came up to the surface. A lot of emotion, a lot of stuff that was still stuck, was still stuck in my body. So... That brings me to manifestation. Even though I may want to manifest something, even though I may do consciously everything I believe in, everything I know will make me become the person 
aligned on the energy elevator with the floor where I want to end up, with the floor where, where that possibility and many other possibilities are, that's when I'm conscious, with me, which means based on what you read, the research is between 5 or 3% of the time. And it's not to say that it's impossible to shift a belief with affirmation, but why, take, why um, continue with something that will take way longer rather than go directly to a tool that, that is going to help me shift that in one or four sessions? And, and sometimes it's layered, so there, are many, there may be many events that correspond, correspond to a belief. That's usually the case, actually. But once you have worked with three events, I would say, sometimes two, but it's more three or four, depending on what it is, you will see the belief um, crumbling. It's like a table. You, you cut three legs, the table cannot stand still anymore. So what, and our beliefs, when we practice a thought which leads to an emotion, because thoughts always create emotion in the body, the more we practice it, the more it becomes a habit. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza, but I love his work. I have a lot of his um, CDs and and books at home and meditations and uh, he goes about it with the very scientific approach. And what he says, it's a repetition of an emotion becomes a habit. And when you do, you practice that habit for a long time, it becomes a personality. And somehow we unconsciously plead allegiance to that side of us. Let me give you some examples. So let's say that you want to raise your teen practically problem-free. I mean, it's impossible, but let's say with the normal quote-unquote problems, not the big ones like um, suicidal attempts, like, like it was the case in my house, or, or kids who are out of control and self-destructive with their lack of caution side, etc., I had a conversation with my friend in the car last week where she was saying that she defines herself as strong because we were examining the way that she approaches life and from an event that she went through when she was eight years old where she literally competed against boys and pushed through the obstacle and ended up successful, she adopted an approach that has served her many, many years, but that is not serving her more now anymore. When we push through and overcome obstacles, we are strong. I don't know if you ever heard me say in prior episodes that I, not, I am not defining myself as a superwoman anymore. I know I have superwoman abilities, and that's not the same. By the time you were saying, she was saying, I am, what was she saying? 
yeah, I, we were talking about problems with our kids and she was like, I am a solution finder. And that implies if you say I am and you put something after this phrase, Wayne Dyer was said it all the time, be careful what you put after the I am because you define yourself, you vibrate at that level. So if you say I am a solution finder, what are you going to create to justify this side of yourself? So to explain that, in more like a diagram or a, a visual for you. You are saying, I am a solution finder, or like I used to say, I am a superwoman because I, I had to defend and protect my kids when they were young. And after that, I had to be very firm. And, and anyway, let's say you say, I am a superwoman, or I am a wonder woman, or I am a warrior, or I am a solution finder you unconsciously accept that identity. Now, we know that there is the level, on an energy level, you're going to vibrate at that floor. On a brain level, your reticular activating system, the filter of the brain, the matchmaker between your inner truth and the outside world, will always be there to justify your identity and what you believe so you don't seem crazy. So there is coherence between the outside and the inside world. So by the time you say, I'm a solution finder, your reticular activating system will understand. And when I say understand, it's not, it doesn't really analyze, but it will match, it, it detects something that is relevant for you inside, in your inner world. It's finding solution because this is your identity you will notice your, your RAS will show you all the problems outside so that you can be that solution finder. It will show you all the crises outside so that you can be that superwoman or that warrior. You have something to fight against. And sometimes we make mountains out of how do you call it? Um, a little accumulation of dirt. Because we are warriors, so we need wars. So maybe our perception is intensified so we can justify this warrior side of our identity. I hope it makes sense. Shoot me an email at uh, Muriel or at you know what, it's easier, ask Muriel at gmail.com or go on my website, coparentingwiththeuniverse.com and shoot me an email if it's not clear, if there is something that you don't quite uh, connect with or resonate with. Your perception will be shifted by your identity. And that may create more drama than you need in your everyday life. That may make you overreact, overworry, over being over anxious over stuff that are not as big as you make them to be. That's why examine what you said you wanted to create last week for your teenager. Let's say you want to be at peace with whatever they're doing. And on the other side, you are a warrior. 
you're going to perceive what they're doing like a battle that you have to go in to fight and overcome. How does that match your desire to be at peace with what's going on? There is a conflict. And when there is a conflict, the subconscious mind being at least 1,000 times stronger than the conscious mind what will win is your subconscious identity, your subconscious belief, what you are committed to being. That's crucial to understand. And that's why now when I say I am, most of the time when I'm conscious about it, I'm very careful about what I put after those words. And you can switch it for, I have disability. I have a warrior ability. I have a warrior arsenal of tools. I have a warrior side, but this is not who I am. First of all, who you are is way bigger than all that, all that humanness and everything. Way bigger than our emotions or our behaviors or our reactions, etc. We are way bigger than that. And my personal quest since last year, and it's my decision for this year, my personal decision and quest and focus is to identify myself with my true self, that part of me that is infinite, that part of me that is connected to oneness, that part of me that is a sparkle of the divine, that part of me that can co-parent with the universe because we're all connected this information is there the love is there the synchronicities my conscious desire is to identify myself with that so whenever I react differently and I'm conscious about it and I'm aware I I talked already about the adjacent possibility I made an episode on, oh I recorded it I didn't publish it that's going to be for you I choose to perceive and approach and behave as that part of myself, which is way bigger, which is way more lovable and loving. I was reflecting on someone that I have difficulties being with because it's a person who is very aggressive and I know it comes from suffering, but my humanness has been conditioned to not like that person. And I was just thinking this morning, okay, let's drop all that. Let's drop the fact that the first time I saw her in, with my family, she, that person was sh sh uh, not shutting down, but sh that person was aggressive, um, very aggressive with the words that they used. Let's drop all that. Let's leave that in the past. How would I look at her if I was approaching the situation, approaching the, our upcoming um, meeting with the eyes of the divine, the infinite, the eyes of my, of the higher version of myself. And when I say the higher version of myself, I'm talking about my true self, who I am really. That's something that we can practice now. 
considering that we are only conscious a maximum of 5% of the time, wouldn't it be beneficial for you to inquire about your true beliefs regarding maybe your teenager? Maybe you want to be at peace with what they're doing, but you have a belief that if you behave in that way, that means you're going to suffer all your life. I had that. And I still, we always work with layers. We're never done. Even coaches. I mean, if you meet a coach that tells you that they have everything figured out, run. If you meet a coach that tells you, I am ahead of this coach or that coach because they didn't go through the fire, they didn't do what I've done, run. We are always more advanced, especially if you train yourself and, and you uh, acquire the, the talents and the skills. We are always more advanced than someone else and less advanced than other people. And it doesn't matter. The real focus here is who are you matched with and how they can serve you. How are you going to get clarity on your unconscious beliefs regarding your teen? I mentioned it many times. Record yourself when you talk with your friends. When you talk with someone that you know you don't have to censor yourself or talk with yourself with someone that you know is safe, catch those sentences. Or see where you react and overreact. For example, let me give you an example. If we're talking about, let's say, your teen is not getting up in the morning to go to school, and you overreact, and you're incapable of letting them get the consequences. Of course, we can't raise our arms and not do anything, like give up. But... We can't control anyone either. At a certain point, you need to let them get the consequences. The, that's the only way. If there is no life or death danger, of course. Where do you overreact? Where do you go into panic or rage when it's really, really not that big? Under that, there is a fear. Under that fear, there is a belief. What do you really believe? If you're son or daughter is not getting up to go to school in the morning and you're enraged about it because it happens all the time. What is your belief under it? They will never be successful in life. They will not have the life they want. They will not um, graduate high school, maybe. Examine that. And as always, is it true? If it's true, then time to go into action and look for strategies and maybe ask the universe what's the next step. That's what I always do when I don't know. And even sometimes when I know, because sometimes, not sometimes, it's for sure we have blinders. If it's not true, don't even energize that thought. Every time you feel that coming up in you, remember, it's only something that I practiced over and over. It's not the truth, it's only a thought. And really 
work on shaping your identity with what you want to manifest. Examine your beliefs, tap on your beliefs. I always am open to topics about tapping, as you know. Um, I'm, I'm preparing something about arguments for moms, uh, a class or a course that I will be selling on my website. If you have any other thing, you can always suggest it to me through the Facebook group, which I must admit is not very active. I don't know. I haven't been really allocating a lot of my energy to Facebook. I... Uh, I need to examine that, frankly. I don't know if I still want it, not want it, it, what what it is about. But you can always put a comment there. I will see it. And really, little by little, leaf by leaf, artichoke leaf by artichoke leaf, you're going to get to the heart. The closer you get to the heart, the yummier it is. And frankly... I have been tapping on so many things in my life. Now that I'm in certification, I'm tapping even more because you're required to also do your own work. And I've done work on myself for the past 20... How old is my daughter? It's going to be 26 years now. It's getting better and better. I'm feeling freer and freer. I'm feeling more and more joyful for no reason. So for that alone, for your quality of life, without even talking about what you want to manifest for your teen. It's worth it. And as usual, when you will be more coming from your center and coming from your higher version and coming from all possibilities and openness and connection with the oneness, there will be a way different reaction in your teen because... I'm going to do an episode about communication, the several levels of communication. And it's not only verbal. So who you are transpires. And what transpires from us is picked up unconsciously by others. The same way that we pick unconscious cues from others when we interact. So you can change the dynamic you can get, if you manifest the right way, and I don't like right, but let's say the efficient way for your teen, you can get to the desired outcome, which is about you, not them. But it requires to align, align all the parts of you with that desire, the unconscious part and the conscious part. So shaping your identity, what you plead allegiance to, unconsciously, unconsciously, and what you want to manifest. Pay attention. How do you define yourself? What is your identity? It has many sides. I know I quit smoking 24 years ago. And... I did it all with mental and emotional exercises, practices. And I shifted my identity to a non-smoker. I heard Tony Robbins say not long ago in an interview, um, if I tell you, do you want a cigarette? Are you going to ask me what brand is it? 
if you're a non-smoker? No, because you're going to say, I don't smoke. I'm not a smoker. That's what I did for myself. It's disgusting to me right now. It has been for years. So somehow, by shifting the association that I had with cigarettes, which was a belief, cigarette equals pleasure, by shifting that to cigarette equals disgust, equals danger, equals many, many um, uncomfortable stuff for myself, pain, I shifted my identity to someone who doesn't smoke. That's the process. Examine the belief that you have for the behavior or the reaction and shift that belief to associate pain with it because the brain will do anything to avoid pain. That's what I wanted to share today. I really hope it helps. I know that it helps if you apply it. And next month is February. So that's always the month of love for me in my podcast. We're going to focus on self-love, which includes a part of accepting what you don't like in you. Accepting that maybe you have some parts of your identity that you're ashamed of, that you don't like, and we're going to tap on that. Because whatever the quality or the behavior or the trait, there, there is a healthy way to express it and an unhealthy way. That is the shadow way. That is the I want to maintain it under the surface. I don't want anybody to know. But it bounces back up like a balloon underwater every so often. So we're going to work on that. So that ties also with your identity. We're not done with that. It's a work in progress. And I know that it gets better and better, easier and easier. So I'm sending you a ton of, oh, what I also have next month coming up are two episodes about past life regression. One interview that I did with um, a woman that is big in our tapping milieu, who has a book about tapping into past lives. She uses tapping and I experienced her work. I had sessions with her. It's amazing. Um, so past lives and my own past life regression, which I had, I promised for a long time this episode, but I had to work on the episode. It was too long and I didn't want to bore you. I'm, go I'm segmenting it with the learning of each little uh, part. And I also want to demystify hypnosis and demystify past life regression. It's not something dangerous that, I mean, if you do, do it with someone who's... Um, equipped with the skills it's not something that where someone can put you under hypnosis and completely control you so that's coming up next month meanwhile i wish you a wonderful week go examine your identity make it easier for yourself to go through life with more peace sending you a ton of love I'll see you next time with another episode. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform of your choice.
I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.